Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. And if you're ready to unlock conversations where you can be wholeheartedly yourself, then come on in. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. We're back from a small little mini, mini break. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was an unintentional break, really, wasn't it? But um. It yeah, kind of, kind of, uh, we kind of said, oh yeah, let's take a, let's skip this one recording. And then suddenly one recording turns into a couple of recordings. And then we decided maybe we'll shake up the format a little bit. We'll do, uh, we'll split the two calls. We do two calls a month, don't we? So we'll do oh, two podcasts. I still feel, it still feels awkward to call it a podcast. But um, <laughs> yeah, one of them will have more structured. Like this one, we'll have a topic that we're going to talk about today's one is reigniting a creative spark and creativity and then the second one is just going to be much more free-flowing chatting um just our general friendship just in an hour condensed recording yeah I think it's I think it's going to be cool and I think yeah for me it takes that pressure off of having to come up with a topic that I think will be valuable for people to listen to because um just that little bit of background that might be interesting I think when we started this we were really excited to just come on and just have a conversation and see where it went and then uh, the more we did that the more it started to feel like oh we need to roughly know what we're going to talk about so that we don't just keep having the same conversations over and over again um so yeah this I think feels really good but uh, that's the beauty of something like this isn't it that we can we can see how things go, we can tweak it um, yeah. as needed. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just when when something's new, and I think this is all this is very valid in terms of creativity as well, but when something's new and you have that sort of initial um, burst of energy towards something, and then as it shifts and change, you almost have to like employ creativity on purpose. Um, <laughs> and it's like... Uh, I think we kind of think of creativity as being this thing that's just always there. That's something that we can just draw upon uh, when we need it. Or, you know, if there's a certain project that we're working on, creativity is going to be there at the right time, at the right point in the process. Um, and actually, like anything else, it's a it's a flowing being that we we kind of we work with and intertwine ourselves with in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is just one of one of those things where at the beginning it's very it can be very um, it can be very open it can be very free free flowing and as you get to know something as you get to understand something or you get deep into a process you almost have to take a little bit more control over something sometimes yes yeah beautifully put I love that yeah and it is a nice lead in to the topic of creativity um I know that this is a focus for you going into February. Uh, yeah. Do you want to share how that's going, what the what the focus is and, and anything else about that? Yeah, it's so interesting because <laughs> kind of accidentally this podcast has maybe been like a little, <laughs> it's kind of been me recording my life for the last <laughs> few months. Um, but yeah, so January I took completely off and pretty much banished but not out of any sort of negativity, but really put being creative out of my mind. Didn't put any pressure on it because I just, I think one of the one of the key things that I have come to understand is that when we are um, in a burnout state or when we're stressed or for whatever reason, when our nervous system is activated and we're in those fight, flight or freeze states, whether for an you know, a, a small amount of time or for an extended period of time. We just, we don't have access to to creativity because we don't have access mm. to a lot of our brain. So mm. January for me was really about um, bringing myself back into a sense of safety and of bringing a, a sense of regulation to my nervous system again so mm. that I was able to access options, so that I was able to access choice because when we're when we're in those activated states when our nervous system kind of takes over and and we're 
we're we enter a very automated state of being so there's no heightened logic or not even logic there's no heightened intellect or anything connecting different dots um there's no ideas bouncing around because in those states all that we see are exit routes mm-hmm. and exit routes might be um uh you know they're going to be those fight flight or freeze options none of which are going to bring us particularly enjoyable creative states so mm-hmm. that was that was the first focus the first focus mm-hmm. was just to to chill out and then once I started kind of understanding that I was getting a little bit bored <laughs> I was kind of a little bit done with the with full rest um then I just started to play with creativity in different ways and completely unattached to any sense of work which mm. I think has been one of my sort of one of my pressure points uh you know to kind of to pigeonhole creativity into my work or into a particular setting has made it feel like distasteful like there's something in that attachment that has just turned me off of it so yeah I just started to play with it in different ways um and try different things shake up kind of the sources that I was getting um inspiration from um so yeah it just kind of is now starting to become more of a like a like a game almost like a back and forth playful activity that's not to say that it is not difficult it is very (laughs) difficult um but yeah I'm trying to just invite creativity again and allow it to be with me Mm. yeah beautiful thank you it's um it, it feels kind of like it could be helpful for us to talk about what we mean when we say creativity here because I really heard you touching on like what that means for you and like what what it even is because for me I think I've always thought that I I always had this sense that creativity you know when we get shown creativity we get shown like artistic projects Mm. and um, making things and you know it's very artsy I find I mean maybe this is just me but I see creativity and I see like bright colored paint (laughs) Um, and you said something interesting there about the brain and like making connections and I I think it's a cool description of creativity to think like creativity is like it's not just that it's like using your brain to connect dots to link things together because you know when you said that I was thinking well Uh, is it a form of creativity when I'm coaching somebody because a lot of the time like my brain is kind of connecting to connecting things they're saying and like connecting things they've said to me in past sessions and you know sometimes it does feel like all these little things like dropping in and coming in to make a complete picture Um, so it's kind of cool to like look at what are all the different ways that you're already creative Um, Because I think sometimes I, I, for me, certainly when I try and find something, I don't find it. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. the more you search for something, the less likely it is to appear. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Whereas I wonder if maybe like looking at how creativity already shows up can be clues to more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And, um, you know, even further than that, even to widen the definition even more, scientists have to be creative in order to come up with new ideas. They have to pull together theories from all different places in order to to come up with something new. Mathematicians, there's creativity in numbers, there's creativity in problem solving. Um, yeah. You know, my my partner used to be an electrician, and sometimes there would be situations where he had to to use information from all kinds of different places to solve a problem that didn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. there's no way when you would think about what's creativity that you know an electrician would come to mind. It doesn't for me yeah. anyway. But definitely, I think there has to be there's an element of creativity in so many different places, and it's often the the first 
point of it's the first thing that we play with with something you know it's like the it's the initial dance with with whatever we're toying with what with what whatever our focus is on creativity is the initial um what's going on here kind of attitude and Mm -hmm. can I think about it in a different way Mm -hmm. Uh, and then after that once we've moved through creativity and gone you have something more tangible then you work with it differently you don't think about it so creatively you you almost um flesh it out a little bit more um but yeah absolutely I, I think that we need to make we need to broaden that that definition of what creativity is because otherwise we we gatekeep it we make it something you know really um like it's all it's almost making it too sacred you know like because it's yeah. then we can't we can't touch it yeah oh, I think that's really freeing as a concept because when I've thought about creativity in the past I kind of have this sense that if I'm being creative it has to be that I'm having fun oh yeah yeah so actually to think that may you know using your mind creatively maybe isn't always fun right I'm sure like when your partner was problem solving in his job he wouldn't have described it as a fun exciting endeavor um yeah he was using his creative brain to do so so I think that's quite freeing for me to go oh actually because you know sometimes I think oh I'm not creative enough I don't have enough space for creativity as you say but if I really look at it through this lens and start to see oh actually I'm being creative when I work out how to get my dog to eat when she won't eat (laughs) and um, you know all these little all these little things throughout the day um we are flexing that creative muscle probably more than we think already yeah absolutely and I think it makes it um that element of fun it's I think that's a that's a big one and it's for me anyway it can have quite a lot of weight associated with that you know am I having enough fun what's fun as an adult like what's fun um yeah yeah. are there other people having more fun you know all of these different associations just kind of come um along with something that is meant to be so joyous and carefree but um but yeah so when I detach that idea of it has to be fun um you know like one of the things that I've been just playing with a little bit is just to um to even be creative when I like go for a walk so if I'm going for a walk then quite often you can get into you know your standard your well-trodden paths can't you but just to take a left when you would normally take a right or to take Mm -hmm. a or to just allow yourself to get lost and then to have to pull up a map and be like where the hell am I um is it but just to allow a little bit more freedom um Mm -hmm. in those in those thought processes which again we don't have access to when we're not in a sense when we're not in a in a regulated state um which I think is really key because I I put a lot of pressure on myself um like last year when I was fully in in burnout phase then I was still trying to push it and I was still saying like why why am I not coming up with anything you know why don't why aren't I why aren't I inspired um why don't I want to create anything why don't I want to write blah 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 um and that it just wasn't available to me and it wasn't my fault and it didn't mean anything more than I just needed to take care of the state that I was in yeah yeah it's a really hard place to be isn't it when you're in that because I've been in those circumstances too and I think how I felt at the time was like I wanted to do the opposite of what I probably really needed to do like from that place there felt like there was such an urgency for me to to get re-inspired to be able to focus on my work to be able to you know bring in income and clients and all of that and you know so there was this desire to like get up get at the computer try and work things out try and be writing things and and trying to work and it as you say like it's impossible from that state that if you do by any miracle create 
some work from that place you look back at it and you think I can't use that because it's not it's come from force yeah when you were talking about the walk I was thinking back to that time I used to take myself on these walks and um and I and I would come back and I would be so inspired and I thought it was just being in the fresh air but now I wonder if I was activating creativity in my brain because one of the little things that I do when I walk is I I will ask myself what are the messages like that are appearing to me from what I can see around me and so you know if I walk past a river you know and the river's like particularly choppy that day like I might take a message from that and if I see a little duck bobbing on it like being okay with those those waves you know I might take something from that that will be unique to me that you would take something completely different from you know and I would see like a tree that had fallen and I would be asking like well what is that trying to tell me um you know and I, I saw that as part of my spiritual practice but actually through this lens of this conversation I think I was probably activating and igniting creativity for myself yeah absolutely I think that's that's really that's really key as well because again it brings it back down to what what's real you know what we can touch and and that's not to say that there's not merit in a spiritual um in that being a spiritual message it absolutely is Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know if what we want in our lives is more creativity to notice that oh my brain does this for me like my brain wants to bring together different pieces of information and to understand something or to create some um to bring a new thought into existence that wasn't there before um that's uh it's really beautiful to actually see that happening even at points you know often when we're we're looking for a message or we're looking for a sign out you know when we're on a walk it's not necessarily because we're always in a really good place you know sometimes we need a message to come to us to tell us um to keep to keep going or that everything is all right and those kinds of things so the fact that our brain is already giving us that as well as you know giving us terrible thoughts that plague us <laughs> day and night but um but is giving us beauty too and is giving us creativity without us even really having to sit down and be like come on mm. I have to do this it's it's yeah. it's freeing yeah like stepping out of the driver's seat a little bit and being like I don't have to come up with this stuff yeah this stuff comes to me mm. um, I just have to create the state to be open to receive it which is you know when I'm sitting on my desk with a furrowed brow I'm not open I'm not you know I'm firmly in the driving seat and there's no space when I go for a walk there's an opening there there is that space for it to come in so um yeah I think that's really really beautiful and and within this there's something really special coming through in this conversation for me of that it's almost like permission to marvel at your mind because I think in these circles that we're in personal development spirituality coaching there's so much talk about Um, getting rid of the mind and how the mind is almost an enemy and you know the human mind is is incredible like why would we want to get rid of that and we can you know there is ways that we can work with our mind that are more beneficial for us but I think what this conversation is bringing me is that like we get to be okay with having a mind like not only be okay with it but treasure it for its problem solving and its connecting of dots ability that allows us to be creative yeah absolutely and there's you know that the our mind is just is only a is only a reflection of the state that we're in you know this the same mind that brings us um spiritual inspiration or um to to see something beautiful in the world around us is the same mind the same brain that um that gives us that keeps us stuck or keeps us questioning or or keeps us doubting it's just 
the different state that we're in that allows us to access um different uh different parts of it or allows the mind itself to shift and change to reflect what um because the the brain um I mean I get mind blown by all this stuff all the time but the brain is constantly working in like a, a give and take um relationship with the rest of the body so the brain is receiving information from the rest of the body that tells it what state the physical body is in and therefore um what state the mind should be in you know what thoughts we should have um and what what we should be aware of in the world i.e how much danger we should perceive um so we're it was kind of, and as and the same thing happens in reverse that our thoughts and our perceive our perceiving of danger affect the hormones that are released and therefore the state of the physical body. So it's in a constant um, give and take. But you know, it's 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 there as it's not the only thing that is there. You know, the although the brain is one of the things, the neurons in the brain are, are sparking and allow us to um, to have original thought. It's it can only do so when receiving information from the rest of the body that tells it that it's okay to do so, you know, that it doesn't have to supply all resources to um, protection or defense mechanisms. Mm, yeah, beautiful. So, so in, in actual fact, like putting more pressure on ourselves to be creative, you know, sitting with that furrowed bow at the desk is actually, as we experience it, but also scientifically proven to not give us the outcome of being more creative. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's really cool, right? Because I, I talked a lot, um, you know, I'm sort of shifting away from that focus in my business, but it, it still is so important to me to, um, you know, to be able to relax, to be able to slow down, to be able to um, yeah, be regulated before we do our work. And so this is beautiful, right? Because it's like, that's not just some wishy-washy hippie uh, idea. That's actually the fact that your brain will work more in harmony <laughs> with you, with your goals, with what you want to achieve, if you can create that, you know, state of, um, of calm or, or peace or inspiration around you first. So yeah, um, yeah I think that's be really beautiful. And it kind of you know it kind of makes me think about like the world of work because obviously you know if you run your own business or you do your own work at home you have a lot more control over that but I'm thinking about when I used to get up and you know rush to get ready for work sit in traffic to go to the office and then be in that office environment harsh overhead lighting um lots of noise like the temperature wasn't always how I wanted it to be like and then there was such a push on productivity yeah. And it just really makes me think about how, you know, I was part of a team there that was looking at productivity of the workforce. And uh, I wish I could go back into that role with like everything I've learned over the last five or six years, because yeah. we we didn't talk at all about environment as as a precursor to, to productivity, which mm. just blows my mind now. Uh, and the interesting thing is that I think the you know, the world office, office work is actually kind of built for productivity. Mm -hmm. It's not built for, for creativity in the slightest. So all of those things, you know, the, the same environment every day, the same desk, the same people, the, the hours, the, the, um, the routine, all of that is, I think it was actually put in place on purpose, but yeah. I, I don't have it any proof or I can't remember any proof to, to say that but it was built the environment was established in order to so that people could turn up and do the same thing every day yeah. um and it was I think it was based on um on factory working you know the a yeah. production line the same sort of thing was transferred into um to more kind of mental work office-based work and um but yeah but it's definitely there's a massive difference between getting up and doing the same thing every day and getting up and trying to create something new every day like those yeah. like you just you it's just impossible there's just no way that you could um th those standard office environments are 
the best environment for creativity, which again is is why you get these real big companies with a with a lot of economic power that they create these amazing offices because they're creating environments that are built for people to think differently within yes yeah and I think it's it's so interesting how there's almost that overhang from like production line factory work because you know the environment I was working in UK financial services yes there there are processes that just have to be done the same way every day there is that focus there but actually the company that I was in I think this is common for a lot of companies now even if you wouldn't expect it from the outside they do want more from their employees like they do want them to to think more creatively they want them to problem solve they want them to um you know treat each customer they speak to uh and give them like the highest outcome and so you know really like we were talking about productivity in that role that I was in but maybe we should have been talking about uh creativity because actually Mm. that's what you would need to be a top performer against our measures that we had yeah and we just weren't looking at that because actually if you were hitting all your productivity um outputs you were just seen as a, a standard worker right like that wasn't making you a top performer to be a top performer you had to think creatively yeah yeah it's it's so interesting isn't it and then I had a thought this goes back to something you said a few sentences ago so apologies if it's not completely flowing easily but what another interesting thing is that um with the with the nervous system states some of them are up regulated so you do need to bring yourself you know into a state of calm and other nervous system states are downregulated. Mm-hmm. So some people might find that they need upregulation in order to enter to a creative mindset, whereas other people might need to be downregulated first, which I think is is really important when you think about um, and also we can some individuals are more prone to a certain state, but we also all experience each one of those states all the time. Yeah. So it's um you might need a different thing one day to what you need the next day and we've almost unconsciously or at least I have done the same thing in my own work from home environment as I was taught to do in an office which is to create a lovely setup to create a lovely desk a wonderful place to work but then I go and sit there every day and expect to be able to do the same thing um when actually what we need more often than not if we do want to be creative rather than productive is variation and it's difference um which is which is a really interesting way of rethinking the way that we might need to work um might need to change depending on what task we need to do that day Mm, I love that I love that and I I would love um in a second for if you wouldn't mind sharing like how do you know if you need up regulation or down regulation I think that'd be really helpful um but just to say like when you talk about having your desk and, and setting it up I did that for the first two years of my business I had a desk I set it up it was beautiful I had my beautiful things on it flowers every week all of that and um and now I don't have a desk I don't have a set working place and I I stopped doing that after two years because um it just wasn't working for me at all and now I like sometimes I'm sitting on the floor sometimes I'm sitting on my bed sometimes I'll go out and work in a cafe or you know sit at a dining room table and it just it yeah I I can't have that static workplace at all it just it's not helpful yeah yeah that's really that's really interesting and have you found have you noticed the shift in the way that you work Mm. since doing that absolutely yeah because I think um as well we can you know there's this concept in NLP called anchors and if you sat you know I was sitting at that desk and more and more often I was feeling like frustrated stressed uh, anxious um really lacking any creativity and so actually I was almost like creating this Pavlovian response within myself of like anchoring those feelings to that space so then every time I went and sat in it um I think my body was responding to 
the previously installed programs of when we sit here we feel stress anxious yeah so yeah it's been cool not to have that <laughs> yeah yeah I love that and it, do you have you noticed that certain places are better for certain types of work or do you not pay as much attention to that um well I definitely think that if I'm doing if I just know exactly what needs to be done so if we're talking productivity here rather than like creativity if I already know what needs to be done like it's just work that I need to work through and I know the end goal and I, I've already done the creative aspect then it works really well for me to go out to a cafe which might seem weird right people might think that it's more you know creativity would would thrive in a cafe environment because you're seeing lots of different things and maybe it would but for me to go to a cafe put headphones in and just like be in the energy of the space but be working if I try and do that work at home I get bored and I get distracted when I go and make a cup of tea and I go and put the washing on and I play with my dog um mm. and I don't do it so taking myself out of my home environment for that type of work is really beneficial yeah that's so yeah, interesting and, I love that yeah and then I think for creative work for me um you know I really prefer working outside the home for someone who works from home <laughs> I really I really it's not my favorite thing to do so in the summer and when it's warmer my creative work is always done outside if possible um you know it works for me to go and spread a blanket out on some grass and take a load of journals and some oracle cards and some books and just spend like five hours um mm in that space yeah it's beautiful I love that you've got to know those different rhythms for yourself yeah I mean it's only taken five and a half years but <laughs> <laughs> we are quick learners <laughs> yeah um I don't want to miss it do you want to tell us about upregulation and downregulation sure yeah so that tends um this is loosely defined some people might experience things differently um, but typically, uh, your fight or flight responses are upregulated. So that's when you're likely to notice that you might be more um, more likely to be talking quite fast. Um, your thoughts would be racing. Um, maybe you might experience some jittery movements in the body, unable to sit still. Um, distraction like kind of popping up over and over again so you can't focus on one thing and um, that might indicate that you're upregulated and would need to kind of bring yourself down uh, in order to reach a regulated state and um, be that through breath work um, meditation um, whatever it is uh, maybe yoga or you know those what's that amazing those movements that you always see amazing people doing in parks like tai chi or something like that oh, you know some, yeah. um something that is grounding to the body that's um soothing and calming for it's likely to bring laying. you down oh sorry sorry for me it's laying my legs off the wall hands down love it beautiful yeah absolutely they just anything that kind of brings you um down a peg is 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 good for for those states and then if you find yourself um, more likely to move into a free state so that's likely to be um, slower movements uh, slower thoughts so um, you might find that you can't um, quite get hold of a thought it's more like brain fog type thing um, sluggish um, you're maybe less likely to be able to wake up earlier or um, wanted to move faster or anything like that those are things are more like so that's that's where I tend to my nervous system tends to go into freeze and it can also be a bit of a journey so you may find that freeze is the last point in your nervous system reaction so you might first move into fight or flight and when that is not effective your nervous system shuts down or shuts down the body and you move into a freeze state and so then you might need to come through the um, through uh, an upregulated state first in order to bring yourself down so you come mm -hmm. out of freeze into 
Um, so let me go back a step before I forget. So if you are, if that was not your journey and you just want to bring yourself into a more regulated state, but you're in freeze, you might find something more effective to, um, to move the body quicker. So whether that's mm-hmm. like through um, a few series of just little jumps, star jumps, movements, um, a jog, if you like that, um, a, so anything that requires faster movements, um, mm-hmm. um, my mind's going blank now, but you know, just anything yeah. that kind of, uh, that pushes a reaction from the body rather than um, allowing yourself to like, for me, if I go into, meditation or yoga when I'm in a free state it keeps me in my free state I just I'm I'm like comatose but after that point there's I'm not going to get anything done um so I need to upregulate myself that's when I walk I I walk quite fast I like hills um those kind of things bring get me a little out of breath and allow me to to kind of contact my myself again mm-hmm. um but yeah, and then if you need to go through an upregulation state first, it might bring you into a more jittery state. It might bring you, and then you might get your racing thoughts. You might get the jitters and everything like that. But then you might find that yoga might work. So it's yeah. it's a different it's a different journey depending on what your nervous system has been through, um, what your trauma response is, um, what your individual experience is like. But yeah, it's kind of it's not always about calm does that make sense yeah I think that's really good to know and it's it's helpful right because everyone's always told like if they're if they're not getting anything done if if things are just not moving if they're stressed or whatever you kind of put those things together right Mm -hmm. we kind of like put those two states as one thing and go like we'll take some deep breaths and meditate but actually that could be really the worst thing for someone who is already um in the down regulated state yeah and not worst in terms of um in in a harmful way you know it's because those things are are not bad for the body but what they won't do is bring you out of um freeze they they might not bring you to a place where you're able to actually get um Mm -hmm. anything done that or you want to move towards anything that you want to do because you're Mm -hmm. still going to find yourself kind of fighting through that sludge yeah I'm just curious I know that this this response isn't recognized everywhere so I'm not sure whether you will have much to share on it or not but what about the fawn response because I I you know learning about the fawn response to me I was like oh this is interesting for me this is you know it's that um yeah let me fawn let me like people please as a trauma response and actually when I was reading up about this I saw someone describe it as it's actually kind of masterful in a way because it's avoiding um it's it's like manipulating the nervous system to not go into fight or flight or freeze it's like a it's having to be like hyper aware to not do that and to like do this form response instead and I just thought that was an interesting description of it um because it's a controlling like it's a controlling uh mechanism and I do think a lot of the time like people who are people pleasers or codependents um they have a controlling aspect to them mm. um so do you know anything about that one is there anything that <laughs> I I have I have done some reading but it was a really long time ago so this might be incorrect but I think it it falls so there are there is the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. um I believe parasympathetic is upregulated but that could be wrong it could be the opposite but I, I believe it falls into the same nervous system response as freeze does oh, okay, um, yeah. so I think it's I think it's down regulated um but yeah, yeah it's it's a really interesting one because the way that I that I kind of liken it in in my brain to freeze is that you you're abandoning everything that is your own yeah. like you're abandoning your own response which is for which is you know kind of ironic considering 
the control aspect in it but you yeah just like with freeze you kind of just completely shut down um and you're unable to access yourself in a response forms the same kind of thing you're unable to access the parts of you that are your own in your response because you're you can only respond to the other person's nervous system and what is best to do to regulate theirs rather than regulate your own interesting I wonder if you know how you were saying like you might have to you know you might have to do one then the other I'm just thinking there like for this form response I wonder if there's anything in that as well of like you go low because you completely abandon all of your own stuff Mm. um but then I wonder if like because I'm thinking about that form response like you actually end up going a bit fast after like you you know you're Mm. like overthinking and you're you know thinking about how how to fix this situation and so I wonder if it's the the opposite of the one you were talking about earlier where like instead of going high and then having to come low you go low yeah maybe maybe yeah it's but it's really it's I mean it's all just it's all so fascinating to me but it's especially when we kind of when we think about how these things are activated like on a micro level all the time and then we have obviously our our larger trauma responses and those extended periods of time that we're stuck in these states um but yeah that it's it's really useful to just notice what state am I in at any one point you know what where am I on this scale of the nervous system and it might not necessarily be negative um but it's just interesting to note how how am I responding to this either this other nervous system this other person um because our nervous systems are like scanners they're constantly reading other people's as well um so where am I in relation to this other nervous system where am I in response to work or this environment or this pattern um what brings it up for me so it's just it's useful yeah this is so interesting and I I would love maybe for us to have like a full whole conversation about the nervous system at some point because when you just said you know your nervous system works like a scanner and it's you know looking and picking up things from other people's nervous system I was wondering like are are people who are empaths or like naturally more tuned into others are they more likely to have dysregulation in their nervous system as a result of that because yeah yeah, because I think yeah like a lot of people (laughs) it's a straight yes I love you know it's so helpful to know right because I think um that there's probably coaches listening to these conversations and I I often think that people who go into coaching most of the time are empaths as well and that's why they've ended up in careers where they want to help other people because they're so tuned in to people's need um so do you think that particular group you know therapists coaches people who work with other people are you know it's more even more important for them to understand this stuff than the general population yeah I really do I mean I think that they're I think if it's if it's your career, you know, if it's your work that you do every day as a, as a coach, you're, you have to be attuned to that other person's nervous system, whether you're aware of it or not, like the, the somatic work that I'm trained in is to be actively attuned to that person's nervous system, but you're doing it all the time, whether you have that background or not, that's what yeah. makes you a good coach. That's what makes anyone who, who does it effective. Um, but that means that we, and so one of the things that that I am trained in is like to hold a dual perspective. So mm-hmm. to hold, and this is difficult. It's not, it's not yeah. easy, but to hold, um, to be to have a, a perspective of that person's nervous system and mine at the same time. So I'm aware not only of when theirs has a response, but when mine does too, and to mm-hmm. not then allow that to affect my coaching or those kinds of things um and I think it's just one of those things that's really useful for anyone to get used to noticing is almost having um an awareness and a separateness at the same time so you you have a connection you need a connection to coach people it's one of the beautiful aspects about it but if we entirely give ourselves over to that 
we lose our own sense of self we lose our own sense of self capacity um for what we're how we're being affected at the same time mm. um, if we do that day after day then our nervous system is just completely um shot we just we don't have access to that sense of self anymore um mm. which I think is a, is a really dangerous place to be yeah oh I wonder if this is you know could be partly why there's tends to be so much burnout in this yeah. this industry um but you know a lot of the conversations I have with with people are that they're exhausted by this work so even though they love it so yeah um, I think it would be really good to perhaps end this conversation with you know what what does a regulated nervous system feel like how do you know when you've uh you know either down regulated or upregulated? and I know this is something that changes but just so people can hold on to like this is regulation yeah um okay <coughs> excuse me it is it is a difficult um thing to say because I think there's a tendency for it to almost feel like something to achieve um yes. like to achieve a regulated nervous system it's like one of those traps of being like you know happiness or um yeah. you know a what's those a high vibration all those kind of things, <laughs> all those little traps so a regulated nervous system is not something to necessarily attain and you cannot keep a constant state so don't even try um but a regulated nervous system does um it's one of those things where you're not really aware of it um yeah. if you're in it because mm -hmm. you only really notice it when it's out um but you're able to um to achieve it's a sense of um it's a sense of almost like non um like nothing a sense of a sense of peace but not a peace that comes attached with it like oh I'm really happy right now it's a sense of peace that's just there um and so what, what I do in coaching sessions um before I enter the call it's my own responsibility to make sure that even if I was dysregulated five seconds before I get on that call um that I am breathing or I'm moving or I'm um contacting my senses in order to bring myself back into the present moment so dysregulation is often um an evacuation through whichever means of the present moment mm -hmm. um, so presence is very important in regulation I do that a lot with um, with smell. I always light incense before um, coaching calls and I use it intentionally. Um, I use breathing it in, mm. probably not good for my lungs, very smoky, <laughs> um, as, an, uh, as a means of being like, this is my present moment. This is my present state. Um, if I feel myself getting dysregulated in a call, uh, then I do allow um almost like a momentary or behind the scenes um state where I uh, allow myself to notice which parts of myself are becoming dysregulated which parts are am I activated or am I wanting to avoid something um and again just allow a dropping in to my own presence my own sense my own physical body be that through just noticing the where my seat meets the chair, you know, all these little tiny, tiny little things that just allow us to say, okay, I'm here in this present moment and I'm able to, um, to tend to myself at the same time as I tend to this person. Um, is that helpful? Is that, yeah. is that, that sound, is, does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. And I, I think answering the question as like, um, if you're regulated you won't be thinking about this stuff like if you're regulated you won't be one you know you will just be there and so it's I think it's really beautiful to know like this this is not something to attain it's not something to chase it's something that's going to happen and I guess the more you have access to um sensitivity like the more sensitive you become to the awareness of like where your nervous system is and you can employ those early tools to regulate like that sounds like a beautiful 
practice to me. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the, as coaches, one of the things to bear in mind is that there, your client's nervous system is attuning to you, even if you're not in the same room, even if it's on Zoom, your yeah. client's nervous system is attuning to yours. So if you can provide an unspoken sense of a regulated, safe nervous system, there you are allowing the environment within which they can regulate to you so you don't even have to work consciously or um, through any questioning about bringing them into a sense of safety your nervous system is doing it for you if you can allow that um that dual perspective beautiful I love that yeah and I think it's so cool to recognize like so much of those these speaking therapies you know it might really not be so much about the words it might be about being together in space yeah. I think that's really a lovely thing to know so yeah. well thank you so much for sharing that with us is there anything else that you want to say before we close this call today no I think we um we maybe slightly got off the creativity um track but I'm totally here for it um but yeah, and I think with all of this, one of the things that is really important is, is I think to lower our expectations a little bit. Like we said at the beginning, yeah. you know, creativity is not this grand, unachievable um, thing that's out that's outside of our reach. You know, when it's a when we are trying to reignite that spark, um, all of this goes into that. So whether it's just bringing in a sense of safety through whichever means necessary. Um, that's there to reignite the spark whether it's to lower our expectations to lower the stakes um you know I, I really don't think it's, a, it's the best idea to try and reignite a creative spark by working on your next project or the next <laughs> thing in your work that's going to like dramatically change um your life because that the stakes are so high that we've got no room to play you know yeah. if you want the creativity to to be available for that project then play with sudoku first super low stakes and just uh, all the walks you know all of these kinds of things that just allow you to um to get there first small steps yeah I love that I love that and it feels like letting these natural processes um you know take over and do the work they're meant to do like we were saying like get out the driving seat I mean thinking about like Einstein saying that if he was stuck on a problem he would just like go and do something completely unrelated for a few hours and like let his mind problem solve in the background but I think there's a lot to be said for like stopping trying to do it all yourself yeah Sometimes yeah getting absolutely a little bit yeah I love that beautiful well thank you so much thank you my love